You are now listening to a member of the Disney Podcast family. Head over to Disney Podcast family on Instagram to see all the latest posts for this show and links to other great Disney podcasts. Welcome to a very special episode of Main Street View. This is Sean. Uh, welcome back to the show. Um, I'm doing this opening by myself. My uh, counterpart, co-partner, co-host, Lewis, is uh, out doing some big things in L.A. tonight. But um, we want to bring you this special episode of Main Street View. Um, we had the opportunity a couple of days ago to interview lyricist and composer, Michael Silvershire, um, best known from the Disney aspect of just creating Tailspin, Gummy Bears, Mouser Size with Mickey. It's so much fun stuff. We had such a good time with him talking to him. And um, let's get into it. Let's get into this interview with the one and only Michael Silvershire, composer and lyricist for Disney and much, much more. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very, very special interview on the Main Street View. Um, I am so excited. I know you. I told you guys a few months back on the Walt's Apartment Live show that I had one of my salesmen. You know, he sends me this text message at like eleven forty-five at night and says, "Check this guy out." And I'm like, "Dude, I'm sleeping." And so <laughs> he 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 sends me the thing. I click on it. I'm like, "Wait a minute, who is this?" And I, you know. He goes, yeah, that's him. He's buying a car tomorrow. He'll be there to sign. I'm like, holy crap. And, I, and then being a Disney fan, and Michael is a very, very involved in Disney. Um, I said, w- I met him. We talked. We became friends, I would say, maybe a little bit of friends. I have your cell phone number, so I consider you a friend. So, <laughs> <laughs> But um, I have Lewis here with me as well, and we're going to talk to the one and only Michael Silvershire, um, composer, lyricist, musician, um, You've done so many things. Um, welcome to the show. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing very well. Thank you good. very much. Good, good. Um, for those of you who don't know who Michael is, um, for our for our audience, the best way to explain what he does is I'm going to play a couple songs here that you might actually know of that 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 he's been a part of. So um, we'll just play a part of them because we can't play too much because then you get in trouble and there's, there's that kind of thing. But <laughs> This is kind of everyone's fa- one of everyone's favorites here. So um, let's play like 30 seconds of this. <laughs> Spin it. Let's begin it. Very great. Oh, yeah. 
Yes, that's one of them. You you wrote the theme to Tailspin. <laughs> Thank you for that. Not, not that I can play it anymore. So. Spin it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Friends from life through thick and thin with another Tailspin. My mind is yeah. freaking blown right now. Yeah. Oh my! Yeah. Oh, <laughs> we can just end now with that. I yeah. have no idea oh. you're going to have your piano there with you. This is amazing. Uh, There's also this one. There's also go ahead. Interesting story about writing that song. I had just come back from a tour of the Soviet Union, doing a a, 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 a children's show with the Mark Taper Forum and uh, Jim Magon. From the uh, from Disney, he was at he was originally at the record company, and then he moved over to the um, to video as well when they started doing their television animation. And uh, he was actually the the guy who created the whole series. And he called me up and he said, "We'd like you to write a song for Tailspin." And I was thinking Russian music. <laughs> and he said, and he played me. Sonora by um, by Harry Belafonte. You know, oh, 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 Sonora. So I went, okay. And so I heard that and I went, okay, well, let's go off, go off of that. And I came up with that. The originally just the, the two, uh, you know, the two things. Which I can't play right now. But, uh, and fit them together. And the song just really came out in about um, an hour, something like that. Wow. So are you yeah. given, so you wrote the lyrics too? You, yeah. Yeah. My, my, and, your, you, and I wrote them, them together. Right. Yeah. And did they give you like an idea of like, we wanted to say this or do you, is it just all you? I know this isn't even our questions we're going to ask you. Now we're just going off rails already because you start uh, playing music for us. <laughs> in the case of, in the case of Tailspin, um, well, we usually we have a little Bible for the show which has, explains who the characters are and their relationship to each other. And when, uh, you, and that's the, the, the thing that we use to write the lyrics for, because most of the characters, when you're writing for a character, the character does not know, does not have a lot of self-knowledge. Mm -hmm. they, they, and so everything they say is reactive. So you have to sort of like keep that in mind. When you're writing a theme song, you want to capture the whole picture of what you're about to see in regards to the energy and the relationships and everything. So that's, we, it's sort of a combination of what they say and what we, uh, what we, what we bring to it. So. Gotcha. Um, another one that people know very well, we're going to play a little bit of this one too. Um these are, this is how when I when when like when Joe sent me your information, this is this is what popped up was these two was these two songs. So no, no. <laughs> let me share this screen here as well, and we'll just play a little bit of this one as well. Dashing and daring, courageous and caring, faithful and friendly with stories to share. All through the forest, they sing out in chorus, marching along as their song fills the air. Gummy bears, bouncy here and there and everywhere. High adventure that's 
You get the idea of how cool Michael is, right? <laughs> Interesting story about that. <laughs> we, uh, we, uh, we wrote. We were we were assigned. This is one of the few times when we actually were assigned a theme to write. We didn't have to do a cattle call. We didn't have twenty other writers competing with us, and so um, they sat down. We had the Bible because these were characters that nobody has ever seen before. You know, Tailspin, which was came later, actually had characters that we knew from Jungle Book, and we never right. had a few, few new characters. Well, but in um, Emmy Burst, there was nobody that we knew. And they wanted us to write a song for the beginning and the end. We came up with a bunch of different things. And they kept, and uh, Gary Chrysler, who was the head of the uh, uh, television animation, said, No, you guys can do better than that, which is not very helpful. <laughs> yeah, we can do better than that, but how do you want us to do better? And it took us four months to get a meeting with him. Oh, I got a meeting with him and I sat down and he said, you know, I was thinking that, you know, this kind of, a, you know, there, it, it's an adventurous thing. It takes place in the woods. It sort of reminds me of the theme from Robin Hood from the fifties, you know? And I said, Oh, you mean, yeah, you want that to see if I can play it. And I go, and he goes, yeah, that's something like that. So, we wrote the song and it was accepted the next day. Oh, <laughs> wow! That's After four months of struggling with it, because we knew what we wanted to say, we, that was that song was more dictated by what they told us, you know, because we didn't know anything about gummy berry juice, right. about, about <laughs> the bouncing here and there and everywhere. So you know, so we we basically wrote it according to what they were doing, and it's also third person. So it isn't uh, it it it. Well, I guess it is. I because we are the gummy bears, so or they are the gummy bears. They are, well. yeah, yeah. Whereas in Tailspin, it's first person. You're doing a French French lively thick and thin with another tail to spin. So, uh, so we uh, and that really, once we got the idea from Gary of what he wanted, it all came very easily. So. That's that's amazing. Um, so I I play instruments. I play the trumpet and I play the drums. Um, so when you just this isn't even on our questions, but when you write a song, you write every part, correct? Or is you do you write for every instrument? Um, well, I write the basics and and come up with all the melody lines. And and because I do a lot of synthesizing, mm-hmm. I was able to <clears throat> orchestrate everything. And the orchestrations surprisingly end up doing what they they end up doing what I what I was doing. Oh okay. So so it isn't a lot different from what I do. So perfect. Lewis, before we get into everything else, I, I feel like I've pushed you aside. I'm sorry, friend. Do you have any questions from Michael before we get going? I'm just blown away here right now. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh I mean I'm just I'm I'm soaking it all in. 
this is amazing. <clears throat> I mean, I was sitting there when you were doing the tailspin bit on your end. Uh, I, I got a little choked up. It was he messaged amazing. me and said, I said, I have tears in my eyes. He messaged me yeah. separately and said, I have tears like in that, my eyes. So. That cartoon is like, it's it's hits home for me. So to hear you singing it right here with me, I was like, dude, that was epic. Well, thank you. Very, I really appreciate that. I, I love the show. You know, Jim Magon created both of these shows. Mm-hmm. And we also worked with him when he was at A&R in, um, at, the, at the Disney Record Company. And he was one of the first people that we ever worked with. And he and I co-produced the Splashdance album together. So uh, we, we've known each other a long time. And today is his birthday. Oh, nice. Well, happy <laughs> so, birthday to him. Happy birthday. Uh, um, I told him about this. <laughs> you did? I, no, I will. Oh, I, I, oh. Um, so Lewis had a question that's not on our list either. Why don't you just ask that now? Because I'm really curious about that. Because you told me what you're going to ask him, and I'm and I did. I'm surprised we didn't ask that. So yeah. Okay. So I have a question. Uh, how how closely, if any, did you have uh, creating or even collaborating with the uh, Sherman Brothers? Oh well, I never met Bob, but Richard's a very good friend of our of ours <laughs> of both of ours, and we've uh, known him for years. We've never collaborated we've talked about it <laughs> but we never did so in fact when it was uh uh they were working on mary poppins and the people who were doing mary poppins because they were associated with the woman who wrote the book and they hated and she hated them they were talking to, about other using other writers to do the 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 mu- big full musical for broadway mm-hmm. But we never ended up doing it. So, and uh, when it came to the Mary Poppins, too, Mark Shaman ended up doing it, and we uh, and I had a nice talk with him. Whenever I see Mark Shaman, I always say to him, "Oh, it must, it's such a thrill for you to meet me." <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> what do you what do you you're you're going to L.A. in a couple of days? Is are you being honored? Is it is it something that you're you're speaking at something? What is it you're doing? I'm doing a couple of things. One, the first thing is uh, there's a, um, I'm a part of a group, of a Jewish composers group, and we've written a, um, a special presentation for a, a, a famous rabbi, Abraham Joshua Heschel, who marched with Martin Luther King oh, okay. in Selma. He was very involved with the civil rights movement and with the anti-war movement in the 60s. And uh, his this is his 50th yard sack, and yard sack is the, 50 years since he died. And uh, so we're, we're presenting a, um, uh, a 14 composers came up with this whole panoply uh, of music to illustrate his book, The Sabbath. And my song is sort of the introduction to that. Nice. Uh, and it's going to be done with a string quartet, piano, percussion, and, and solo vocal. And that, and I they rehearsed it last night, and I tried to do it Zoom, and it was impossible. But they sent me a <laughs> they sent me a, a video this morning, and I can see what's working and what doesn't work. We have a rehearsal on Friday on Sunday at four, and the show's at seven thirty. So we'll do that. That's and awesome. then on Tuesday night is the Society of Composers and Lyricists holiday party. And they're going to be honoring Danny Elfman. So, be, so my 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 new wife and my old wife and I are going to to that. Event. So cool! 
So cool. <laughs> you awesome. you said you you had said that you and and your your ex still are very good friends, which is oh, amazing. Yeah. So it's which fact, is in fact, Victoria and I are staying with her. Well, that's amazing. Week. That's so great. <laughs> that's, 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 as someone that's going through divorce right now, to hear that, that's, that's great. Oh. So it's, it's, I mean, good for you. And I know you, I know Victoria had said that when you were signing paperwork with me that she said, we, we were just talking before we came in here. So, I mean, good for you guys. And that's awesome. You guys have built this whole thing together. How long, so how long have you been part of actually this is in, getting into our questions. So let's get into that a little bit here. So okay. um, we'll go into the questions and we might take off and we might tailspin into something else. See what I did there. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> so the end. we're going to alternate. We're just going to alternate questions for you, Michael. And if, if you want to add something or Lewis, you want to add something, please do. First question. What got you involved with the Disney company? What was the, well, that's, that's interesting. Um, I've been, writing songs this i'm 70 years old and this is i've been writing songs for 62 years Jeez. so uh and professionally since i was 18 uh and uh, one of the things that patty and i did when we were living in palo alto was um <clears throat> to create a group which we call the south bay songwriters association which became the Northern California Songwriters Association, and now is the West Coast Songwriters. So it's grown from just the South Bay to the entire coast. We have uh, people from Seattle all the way down to San Diego involved with the, uh, with the group. But um, at one point, and we were doing this out of our garage, and we had volunteer assistants, and one of our volunteers um, her, she, she came to us one day and said, you know, my brother-in-law works for Disney and they're looking for songs for a project that they're doing. And so she told me what the project was. It was called uh, Mickey Mouse Rocks was the name of it. And so Vic, uh, uh, Patty and I um, wrote a bunch of songs on Friday night, five songs including a song called Mickey Mouse Rocks and a, and a, a Bob Dylan-type song called Just Like Donald Duck, approximately. Once upon a time, there was a duck. Anyways, uh, and um, we wiped out our savings, and which was $75, and we went to a studio. I had a record of drum drops, and that was the percussion for this thing, and I played the piano and did these demos. And... Uh, we sent them off, and in two weeks we got a very nice rejection letter. <laughs> so, you, know, you know, you haven't really got what we were looking for, but you know, and they sent us a copy of the Mickey Mouse disco album, which I hated. But they, <laughs> but they, but they, but they wanted us to hear what they were doing, and and so the that was that. But the what happened was I had written a song um, which got some airplay all over the place. Um, it's called the, the whole world sounds like Michael McDonald. Cause at the moment he was at that moment, he was a big, big thing around. The whole world 
sounds like Michael McDonald. Oh, boo sounds like Michael McDonald. I wanna sound like Michael McDonald too, and I do. And uh, this is amazing. It got, it got picked up by uh, Dr. Demento played it. Oh heck yeah, Dr. Demento. <laughs> and the publisher from Disney at the time, Tom Bocci, heard it and says, "That's the guy I want." To, to to write songs for Disney. Oh my and gosh. He did, and he tried to get a hold of Dr. Domeno and there was no way. And at that moment, we had sent another tape off to Disney Publishing. And the tape came across his desk. And uh, he called us and said, I'd like to meet you. I'm going to be at a conference in LA for, for songwriters. Uh, I hope to meet you there. So we went there, and uh, we met the first person we met, who said, "I'm working with Disney," and her name was was Bambi, <laughs> Bambi Moe. And I said, "Really? Did they hire you because of the name?" She said, "No, no." <laughs> anyway, she said, "I'm I'm liaison for the publishing company, and I'll introduce you to Tom." So we we had a meeting with Tom at the Disney offices. And he said, we've abandoned Mickey Mouse Rock. We're going to do something entirely. uh, We're going to do something entirely different. We have an album that we're doing called Mouser Size. And we have all the songs we need except for one. And we've had four other people who've tried to write this song, but nothing has succeeded. So we have a title, and the title is Pig Out. And... um, this is what we want the verses to be, and we need it yesterday. Well, I've been the last, the previous 10 years, I've been in theater uh, with uh, a group called uh, Theater Works in Palo Alto. In fact, I was the their first uh, composer and musical director for 10 years. And I, I, it, it was perfect place for, to fail, which I think everybody needs. Because, first of all, if you succeed, you never know how to, to do anything. If you if you fail, you can. I was writing out of character, out of style, and out of key for 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 people, and and I learned over ten years how to write in character, in the right style, and in the key that people could actually sing in, and it was a it was a great learning experience, and I also learned how to write things. Uh, yesterday, <laughs> so, <laughs> could be so, and then uh, so when he said yesterday, I didn't even blink. We got a little drum ducks record. I, I had a uh, Patty's uh, uh, upright piano, and we made a little tape of this song. And on uh, the day after Christmas, nineteen eighty one, we received a. $500 check with Mickey Mouse on it <laughs> for awesome. the song. And that was, that was, that was the beginning of our relationship. With them. That is amazing. Um, <laughs> Lewis, do you have the next one? That's so cool. By chance, do you still happen to have a copy of that check? Is that, that piece of <laughs> I do actually. I think uh, <laughs> Patty has it in her files. Cause I did, I made a, I made a color Xerox of it. Cause there it was go. so cool. <laughs> That's <laughs> so awesome. Cool. All right, so I got a question. Uh, which actor or actress 
was most enjoyable to work with if you did work with any of the actors or actresses? I worked with a lot of people. Um, I think, well, I think that both uh, Paige O'Hara and Jody Benson were both wonderful to work with. And um, uh, oh, you wrote in harmony, huh? Yeah, in oh harmony. Oh my gosh, I forgot that you did do that. And also, all, all the songs for Little Mermaid too. We wrote all the songs for that wow. as well. And uh, in fact, we just did a. Um, Patty and I did a. Uh, podcast on Friday night with a woman, Tammy Tucky, discussing just the uh, just Little Mermaid too, and our experiences with that. So it was like that was a great, a great thing to be part of. And um, we did, yeah, we wrote a lot for the television series and for Little Mermaid too. And we did Bill's Magical Adventures with uh, Paige O'Hara for the. Uh, for Beauty and the Beast. And so we did all the, we did a lot of the auxiliary stuff. In fact, we wrote all the songs for all the Disney afternoon shows. But we didn't write the theme song to Chippendales or, um, or, Duck, or DuckTales or Darkwing Duck. Those are, uh, Mark Musser did, um, um, no, not Musser. I forget, I forget his last, he was a great guy. Uh, but he wrote those songs, and uh, but we wrote all the other songs that were involved with the sh- with all the shows. So, dang. That's in fact, Robert Kraft, when he was when he was he decided um, he had just produced the album for Little Mermaid, the uh, the original soundtrack, and Disney wanted him to do something else, and he was his little boys were watching the Disney Afternoon Show, so he said, "I want to do an album." The Disney Afternoon songs, right? And, it was great. and then he called me up about two weeks after he decided to do that. He said, "I had no idea when I wanted to um, to do this Disney Afternoon uh, album that I was doing a Silvershire tribute album." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we wrote all the other songs besides the theme songs and the two theme songs. So, <laughs> right. Um, so next one here. So. This kind of has two parts to it, and I'm gonna I'm gonna incorporate what's happening right now at the company. Um, first off, what's your opinion of the uh, of of the Bob shakeup of the two Bobs switching it back again? Well, you know, I think under under Bob Iger, they really did a lot of good stuff, and so I'm I'm not uh, I, I'm not too worried about it. I think he'll be he'll he'll go back to his, you know, way of looking at things. I think that the Disney company, see, when, when we started, Ron Miller was running the company. Oh, gee, that's right, yeah. So that was, and and it was a failing company at that mm-hmm. time. It was not, it was like the last place you wanted to work. That was uh, Walt's daughter's husband, right? Yes, he was yeah. a, okay. yeah, Disney's, Disney's son-in-law. Yeah, Disney, Disney had died, uh, and Bob had taken over. I mean, Ron had taken over, and uh, so we worked with him uh, with him for a, a bit, and then things started moving in uh, with Eisner and all those other people, and at that point, the company sort of the energy 
on campus. Because if you know you walk around the Disney lot, it feels like a college campus. Mm-hmm. If you um, it's it, the energy just really went way up when Eisner came in. Yeah, and, and that, but it was really interesting because Katzenberg decided he wanted to get rid of the animation company, sell it off to somebody because it wasn't doing very well. And and Roy Disney got in his face <laughs> and said, animation is what made Disney. Right. And we should be boosting it up. And that's when they got, they because they had you know, these films that were kind of iffy until Howard Ashman showed up. And Howard Ashman really transformed the whole company. My my friend Rob uh, Minkoff, uh, who's a director, um, but I've known him since he was uh, in the chorus of at Oliver Theater Works in Palo Alto. Um, and in fact, all these guys from uh, who went to Cal Arts, Kurt Wise, all these people, we knew them early on in uh, in life, and uh, how they all became really big people at Disney. Rob went on to direct, co-direct The Lion King. And then outside of uh, outside of Disney, he did Stuart Little as well for Sony itself. And um, you say it so nonchalant, oh, The Lion King, like it's nothing. It's just The Lion King, like one of the best know, movies ever. <laughs> you know, it was really great because we knew him. We uh, both, uh, Patty and I flew to Radio City Music Hall and saw the world premiere of it. And oh, I wow. sat next to Alan Menken on one side and Hans Zimmer on the other. <laughs> so, wow. And that, oh. those are some legends right there. Yes. Yeah. And, they're, and, you know, you talk about people who are really great and everything. I look up to both of those guys. So <laughs> You kind of answered the question I was going to ask, like, about your thoughts about you know, Disney in the past and Disney now. So I don't even need to ask my question because I think we agree upon that, Lewis. I was, the question was, what do you see the difference between 15 years ago to now? And you kind of answered it by saying how much, you know, so we're, we're good there. So Lewis, okay. you go. I will say, go I will ahead. say people, a lot of people have a lot of bad things to say about Disney. I only had one really bad experience with them, but, uh, but I will say that they have always, treated us fairly. You know, we had a, a meeting with a lawyer at one time and and he said, we have um, we have four different levels of songwriters contracts. The first level is for people like Elton John. And the second level is Alan and Alan and Howard and Al, whatever Alan wants to do. The third <laughs> tier is is you and Patty. And the fourth tier is everybody else. So I felt wow, that wanted insane. to be even close to that. So. Jeez, that's that's. We have over hundred songs in the Disney Song Catalog. So yeah, yeah, you and you've done Henson stuff too, right? So yeah, I've, I've over, we have over hundred songs in the in the Henson Company as well. I've <laughs> I've just finished. I did five years of Dinosaur Train for Henson and PBS, and then I did uh, I've done five seasons of word party for Henson and Netflix. So I'm so you're still working. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll, never, I'll never retire. Yeah. That's, retire fair. <laughs> that's fair. Lewis, what you got, buddy? 
All right. So we're gonna we're gonna stay in Disney, but we're gonna take a little bit of, a little bit of a detour. Uh, do you have a favorite attraction at any of the Disneyland parks? Well, you know, I have two that I love at Disneyland, uh, but I don't know how they because they keep modifying them. I prior to the Caribbean's always been wonderful for me, yes, sir. But I really, I have to say, I didn't like the Johnny Jeff Johnny Depp additions to it. I think it kind of ruined it for me. Okay. And and then when I went to see the Haunted Mansion last time, I guess it was the time when the movie Casper was out, and so they added Casper to it, and they ruined that for me too. I'm hoping <laughs> next time I go that that they've taken that out and gone back to the old way they did it. Because it was really pretty good, so I like the I like those kind of three dimensional rides, okay. as opposed to you know, and I and I and I liked it. Well, since I was a kid. I was like you know Peter Pan and Mr. Toad and all that sort of thing, and it's so interesting to go to Mr. Toad in Disneyland and Mr. Toad in in uh, Disney World. That's what I've heard. It's much much more hick in in Florida than it is in California. So right. And and I, you know, and I was very thrilled in, in Disneyland and Disney World, they had a ride called Mickey's Birthday, Mickey's Birthday Land or something like that. Hmm. And they used our birthday song as the basis for that. That's so you know that, that happy birthday, happy birthday, happy and um, which is all over the park, anyways. So you wrote that too. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, this is crazy. And that was a that was a and we modified it for Donald Duck's fiftieth birthday, so that he would uh, we would have all the the um, the all the, um, the 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 entire parade. So we also wrote Mickey's sixtieth. Happy anniversary, Mickey Mouse song. So this is, this is blowing my mind. All of this. <laughs> wow. Um, so outside of of composing music, um, what instrument do you prefer? To just like, do you just do you just is there something you just like to sit and play when you're yeah. not composing? Is I there love a, piano. I love piano the most. Although I have, as you can see, a pretty oh, yeah. extensive collection of guitars behind me. So, <laughs> but uh, but I love uh, the piano is my favorite. And uh, synthesizer simply because I can do orchestration on it. And uh, and when I'm doing the shows for Henson, I do all my orchestrations and everything on the synthesizer. I have a studio upstairs here mm-hmm. that, I, that that I work with. So is there is there something you don't play? Sure, I don't play most of anything. <laughs> <laughs> I have an accordion here. Don't play that. I have Olean pipes, which are the the Irish version of bagpipes. And I don't play that yet. Um, and I have a, a Celtic harp that I'm learning to play. So. You don't play like brass or woodwind instruments? I used to play the clarinet very, Oof, very, so hard. very badly yeah. in the <laughs> elementary school. But I was in the orchestra, and it was it was fun to be in the orchestra. But yeah. Because of my my asthma, the doctor had recommended that I learn to play the clarinet. That's fair. So, and I have sort of a I have a 
This is the best ever. <laughs> I have this thing here, which I'm trying to play, which I won't, I won't, I won't uh, torture you with. <laughs> it's sort of a small, sort of a. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, the reed is broken, so I need to. Oh, get that would help. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I never, I never could figure out when I was in band. I'm like, try this, try this. like the reed was too much for me having to get it wet and all this. So I'm like, this is just too much work. All I ever wanted to is play the drums, you know. Oh, and when good. I, when I was in junior high school, teachers were like, you should, you have a great embouchure. You should try the trumpet. I'm like, I don't want to play the trumpet. So I played trumpet for three years, and then I went to oh, high school. Yeah. I switched, I switched the drum line right away. I'm like, I'm done with this. So I want to play the drums. So I finally got to do what I wanted to do. But Lewis, what do you got? I so, blew, I blew, I blew okay. into a, I blew into a trombone once. And yeah, split my lip. <laughs> oh yeah, they're, yeah, they're hard. It's those are the, the little, yeah, it's hard. Stuff. Yeah, see, I've only played ever one instrument. It was a cajon, and that's just because I tend to tap a lot when I'm drawing. So for me, a cajon just made sense. You're sitting down, oh, just tapping away. I love it, and I have one here as well. I, it's a one of my favorite instruments to to really. Uh, generate. I like to generate um, percussive stuff. It gives me an idea and a groove to write to. So, awesome. So cool. Um, so I, I, I got a, a simple, easy one. Do you have a favorite Disney character? Favorite Disney character. Gosh, uh, I kind of. Let me think. I kind of like uh, kind of like Goofy. Um, not really. I mean, I I um, I loved. I had the opportunity of working with Clarence Nash, the very first, uh, the original Donald Duck, on his very his very last project, which was the Donald Duck birthday thing, and I got a chance to work with him. Both on the Splash Dance album and on the uh, the special uh, Donald Duck version of it, and he was a wonderful guy to work with. And one day he called me up and he said, "Michael, do you know the Washington Post March?" And I said, "I, I know I know it when I hear it, but I don't know uh, I don't know how to play it or anything." And he said, "Well, I'm conducting the." Um, this Pasadena Symphony tonight, and I'm going to be getting the golden baton as Donald Duck, and I want you to help me rehearse it. So I went to the library in Glendale, got the Washington Post March, went over to his little house in Montrose, and we sat in his living room with his old, old record player and conducted the Washington oh. Post March. <laughs> Conducting's awesome. hard, too. I never could figure out conducting. I couldn't, yeah, but it's just one, two, three, four. Yeah, I never, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you make it sound so easy. Um, Michael, it's, who? Where's the crap out of me? I, I, I tried to conduct a, a studio group in a, in a class I was doing, and I just felt like, get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> um, who are your musical influences? Oh, uh, everybody. I, I love, um, I'm, I'm a huge Beatles fan and a Beatles collector, obviously. Uh, Bob Dylan, of course. I love, uh, in the old, for the Tim Pan Alley 
days. I loved the Gershwins and Cole Porter. Oh, yeah. And uh, I grew up with the Rogers and Hammerstein and Lerner and Lowe and all that sort of thing. Um, I, and I, I've really been influenced by everything. Burt Bacharach. I love Burt Bacharach. Yeah. And, um, gee, um, Johnny Mercer is a lyricist. Really spectacular people who've come before and have done a lot of work that I I I I like everything. There's only there's only a few musics I don't like. I don't really like trip hop. Mm-hmm. It sounds very uh, distorted to me, and I don't like some gangster rap. But I do like other kinds of rap and and everything. As long as I can understand what somebody that makes sense. But, but I'm an old guy, and it's, the, that music is not written for me. It's written for a different audience, and I yeah. can appreciate that. So, absolutely, I Lou. That that is awesome. <laughs> uh, with all the music and influence, uh, which Disney soundtrack do you, outside of your own, of course? Because I'm sure if it was me, I'm choosing my. Which Disney soundtrack, outside of your own, do you enjoy the most? Which which animated film or cartoon do you think has a very wonderful soundtrack? I love Beauty and the Beast. Actually, I really like the way that 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 um, that came out. Uh, it's a the songs are wonderful, and I think. Uh, Do you need to get that? Let me see. No. <laughs> okay. No. Absolutely not. If they if they want to leave a message, they can leave a message. I meant Fair. to turn off. I meant to mute the phone before we started, but I forgot. So you're all good. Um, yeah, I, I love uh, Beauty and the Beast, and uh, it really um, and I love the movie as well. A friend of mine co-directed it, uh, Kurt Wise, and uh, it was uh, it's just a lovely film. And Howard had died before it came out. And I really felt it was some of his best storytelling. Mm-hmm. The songwriter, Howard Ashman, really a great. If you ever get to see the movie about called The Waking Sleeping Beauty, which describes the whole um, transition from a dying animation company to an animation company that really came to life. Uh, and Howard had a lot to do with that. Mm-hmm. I, I was just going to ask, because uh, on Disney+, Plus, Waking Sleeping Beauty's Castle is one of the top five like biopics. I love that. I love The Boys. Um, the Boys are good, too. Yeah. The Boys, yes. But there's um, Waking Sleeping Beauty's Castle, and there's actually the Howard biopic. Uh, yes. going to be a, a sub-question. Like how, since you were in those shoes during those times, how accurate are those films on what the behind the scenes look like? No, I don't know uh, because I was uh, I came in we came in just about the time of Little Mermaid, so Howard was starting was working there, but I didn't really I was not really involved. My friend Rob I knew him more and told me about him. One of the great things about Waking Sleeping Beauty was that the they had. Howard's wonderful lecture on animation in the in the video that I have of it, his whole lecture on on, on writing for musical theater, which is a I think is a must for anybody who wants to write musical theater. Uh, 
because most people think that when you when you write songs, your the songs that you write are, um, are 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 in and of themselves complete. But when you're writing for musical theater, it has to serve a function outside of the song. You write something that gives you a character, either it's either uh, shows you about the character or shows you something about the plot and furthers the plot. So every song has to work on something else. And in and of itself, it's not complete. And also, like I said before, when you're writing a songs for characters to sing, they do not have a lot of self-knowledge about who they are. They uh, become, they, they express themselves. They have, I want this, you know, like part of your world expresses um, Ariel's desire to go up and be part of that of that world, and it's an I want song that she lists all the things that she wants in life. So, and uh, uh, and then there's charm songs uh, where a character expresses themselves in a way that you that you get to know them, like Gaston in um, in uh, Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. And that's a you know it's a charm song. For a charmless sort of guy, and uh, but you but you but you like him, and he's funny because he does he sings the song about about himself. It's very interesting uh, the way you write, and then you write songs that further the plots along. I'm trying to think of a, a good example of that. Um, would be prepared uh, by Scar Lion King would be something like that. Yes, be prepared is a good is a good concept of that. Yes, I remember meeting Tim Rice at the at the opening of, of uh, Lion King, and I, we introduced ourselves to each other. And he said, "Ah, yes, I." He says, "You know, it's all a lottery." He said, "It's just you never know what you're going to do and how it's going to how it's going to hit." And I just happened to be very lucky. And I said, "Yeah, I agree." <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, because my because I knew I heard four or five different rewrites for this for how can you feel the love tonight, and um, and hated most of them. Um, and I, but it was interesting because what happened was uh, this is a, a side story about something I had nothing to do with, but. Um, they were having trouble with the, the mawkishness of the lyrics and, and being overly sentimental. And uh, so Rob and Roger Allers, I think, wrote a new version of the song that was all comic. And they put it into the film and they ran it for Elton John in Atlanta, where he lives. And he was furious. He says, you ruined my, my this is the song that's going to win the Oscars, which it did. <laughs> so, but but so they 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 compromised, and Tim rewrote the funny parts to be the beginning and the ending of the song, and so they had a compromise between the the two factions <laughs> of what they wanted in the in the show, and they got to cut out some of the more awful. Versus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would love to know, know what some of those were. Um, so 
a day in your life. So you you are still you're still writing. So what is like a, a, a pregame ritual? I mean, what is it? What does a day look like if you're told, okay, Michael, here's your deal. You're going to write this today. What what is your pregame to to get ready for a day at, at this point in your career, or even back then when you did it? What what did it look? What did a day look like for you? It's interesting. Like uh, I have very interesting ways of writing. If I'm if I'm if I'm, for example. Today, in these days, if I'm doing a score, I look at the film. Uh, it's usually about 22 minutes long um, of what I'm going to be writing music for. And I have for um, for every show I do, I have the leitmotifs, which are the, the, um, the themes for each character. And most people who watch these shows would never know it. But uh, I have like, it's like for Dinosaur Train, I had a theme for the um, the young dinosaur buddy. And in fact, I wrote this piece uh, and it's what got me the, jo- <laughs> the job <laughs> do- doing the show. But I had originally taken classes with Earl Hagen, uh, BMI, uh, way back when, and Earl Hagen wrote the um, the themes to the Dick Van Dyke show, right now, and and he wrote uh, the Andy Griffith show, and it's actually him whistling on the on the soundtrack hmm. of it, and uh, he also wrote I Spy and the Harlem Nocturne when he was eighteen years old, which became the theme for my camera, and so my tribute. the theme to to um, to buddy on on um, dinosaur train <laughs> and uh, then I had themes for each of the characters and themes is that, that consist of instruments a different instrument like in buddy's case it was a kalimba in his mother his mother mrs pteranodon is a is a is a harp and strings father is a bassoon uh the, the brothers uh, the brother um don is a is a dobro he's kind of laconic and strange uh, sort of a the 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 high kid <laughs> in right. the show and uh and the and the tiny and the other girl have these other tiny and shiny at their other instruments but i have the not only instruments but a musical theme that accompanies them throughout the show so I can map that out. And then if there's new characters and new situations, I write around that so that it uh, it all fits and nobody nobody who's listening to the show would know that it's working like that on their minds. Mm-hmm. So that's the idea to do it. So did I answer the question or did I go off? That was, that was perfect. I, I, it works for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lewis, wrap it up. We got one more question for you. Oh, okay. All right. If had the opportunity to recompose any of the animated film soundtracks, which would it be? If you can recompose a soundtrack. Okay. (laughs) Um, Let me see. Well, it'd probably be uh, 
No, I don't want to say Mary Poppins Returns because I would have written something else. But Mark Shaman did, did a really good job with that, so I can't complain. Um, gee, I have to think about that. Um, hmm. That's a very good, that's a very good question. Lewis uh, wrote all these questions. He, he crushed it, by the way. So. Yeah, I'm thinking because uh, um, I don't know that I would recompose or I would do something different. So like, for example, uh, I, I love what Stephen Schwartz did with Pocahontas. I think the songs are wonderful. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, Colors of the Wind is a great song. And, um, I, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know that I would, if I would, would write anything different. So okay. let me, I'll, I'll reformat that question. If given the opportunity, what soundtrack were you not part of? Would you like the opportunity to have been part of? Oh, I, I think definitely Mary Poppins Returns. Okay. I think I would have liked to have been involved with that and involved with, I would uh, uh, involve Richard Moore. Richard's just an, a force of nature. He's an amazing guy. Yeah. And if you ever get a chance to see any of his solo videos that they did that Don on uh, who produced, who actually produced Sleep Waking Sleeping Beauty and Howard did mm -hmm. a, a whole thing with, with Richard as a sort of a one person concert. And uh, that would be, that's a great thing. So I'm, I'm, I think that Dis I have to say, having worked with Disney, I think they had very good taste in the people that they used. Absolutely. For the, for the most part. I would like to have early on, because I was offered it, the, they did a movie that had no songs and really fell flat, actually, The Black Cauldron. Mm. And That's a bad, a bad movie. <laughs> it is a bad movie. But you know what? I, I was very, uh, I was pen pals with the guy who wrote the original book, Lloyd Alexander. Oh. And he said, and said, if I had a, a story I would like to turn into a musical, it would be The Black Cauldron. And this was before the, the movie was made, before it came out. And uh, I started working on that. And I wish I had been involved as writing a songs and turn that into a musical. I think it would have been a, a good film. And it yeah. could have been, they, they missed so many things on it. And they were still, but they were still under the, the um, the Disney censorship part, you know, before in the early days, Disney was free flowing and Mickey would, you know, Mickey would go into a room and by the end of the cartoon, the room would be completely destroyed. And that was the spirit of Disney up until about the fifties. And then they sort of like put the brakes on so many mm -hmm. things. And, uh, and I think that's what killed their animation and their storytelling. Because uh, they were trying to put themselves into a narrow focus. And what Howard and, and Alan did was break it through, break it out to do other things and do better things. So, and I'm glad they got the freedom to do it. So, yeah, but sure. I think that in the, in the 50s, they really um, had some stuff that was not so great. I like Darby O'Gill and all that stuff growing up. But uh, the Black Cauldron would have been one 
that I would love to have redone. Okay. I have to say this has been <laughs> I've done I mean I've been doing this for like three years and this I'm like I'll say it right now. This has been my favorite interview I've ever done. I'm not this is this has been absolutely amazing. And is that you. your puppy? Is that your puppy? Yep, my dog. Yeah, that's Artie. That's Artie, yep. Yep. Artie, Artie was there when he bought the car. But Michael, I can't I, I can't thank you enough for, for, for taking the for taking the time. And um yeah, honestly, this has been great. Lewis, do you have anything else to add? I mean, it's no, I mean, I want to not only thank you for the time, but getting the little snippets of the musical numbers on the yeah. show oh. was amazing. Like that when you hit Tailspin at the beginning, that's it. Like mm-hmm. I, I, we could have ended then. It's perfect. But Michael, thank you so much for joining us. And um, we'd love to maybe have you on again in the future. And uh, this Absolutely. is in fact, uh, if you want to have Patty and I on, that's oh a very gosh. good possibility. We could both talk about stuff. So absolutely. That would be amazing. And like I said, hang out when we're done. I want to ask you a question when we're done, but um, okay. we're going to get back to our show now. And again, Michael, thank you so much for, for, for this. It's, it was it was the my, best. My great pleasure. Thank you very much. All right. <laughs> Again, such a good time. We probably could have talked for a lot longer. Um, <clears throat> a huge shout out to Lewis for taking time off from his day um, at his job to, to step in and help me with the interview. And a huge, huge, huge thank you to Michael Silvershire. Um Blew my mind. That was so much fun. Just like Lewis said at the end there, you know, the when he starts playing the piano and playing the songs, like, holy crap, this is everyone's childhood and my kids' childhood and my some of my hosts are this age. So they're like, this is our childhood and this is so much fun. And Michael, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much. And I cannot wait to have you on again. And um, <clears throat> I hope you all enjoyed the show and I hope you enjoyed a little sneak behind the scenes of what it takes to compose and create and write something for Disney or Jim Henson or PBS or whatever. Michael Silvershire, amazing man. I can't thank you enough. Again, Lewis, thank you so much. All of the listeners that listen to our shows, thank you so much. Um, speaking of all of our shows, you have Waltz Department Live, you have Knights of the Rogue Republic, Extra Magic Hour, Marvel Tribe, you name it, we have something for everyone. We have this show, Main Street View, which is a deep dive into stuff. And um, again, we can't thank you enough, and we enjoy doing this for you and uh, hope you enjoy what we do for you. So until next time, we hope you enjoy the view from Main Street. Have a great night, everyone. Good night. <laughs>